From the Industrial Revolution until the current generation, most nations threw much of their wealth and energy into building machineries for warfare. Nations eyed one another suspiciously, attempting to raise barriers to trade and intercourse, dealing with each other economically only when they believed it suited them at the expense of their partners. Now most nations put the majority of their efforts toward improving their standing in international commerce, that is, toward cooperative competition, in which some members of the group may do better than others, but all members of the group become better off than if they had not participated. Exactly as global trade has expanded, military spending has declined. Global military expenditure peaked in 1985 at $1.5 trillion in today's dollars and has fallen since to $1.4 trillion in 2008. Because the world's population rose during that period, total military spending might have been expected to rise. Instead, it decreased, falling by almost 40% relative to population growth. In turn, the frequency and severity of worldwide combat has declined. According to the annual survey conducted by the Center for International Development and Conflict Management at the University of Maryland, the number of country-to-country conflicts in the world grew steadily from 1950 until peaking in 1989 and has dropped in most years since to a 2008 level that is below the 1970s average. In the years since World War II, the number of global fatalities from combat peaked in 1989 and has tended to decline since. Because television beams into our living rooms close-up images of belligerence wherever it occurs on any continent, it may seem that the world grows ever more deadly. The opposite is true, with a person's chance of being engulfed in war much lower than for most previous generations. There are many theories on what caused World Wars I and II, Cordell Hall, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's Secretary of State, believed the root cause of both conflicts was the system of high tariffs and strict trade barriers in place at the time. These barriers gave nations little reason to cooperate, leaving them to channel their competitive urges into militarism. Hull pushed FDR to host the 1944 Bretton Woods Conference, at which Allied nations agreed that when the fighting stopped, they would begin to engage in free trade, and would extend free trade to the defeated Axis powers, allowing them to recover. The Bretton Woods Agreement set in motion what we now call globalization. And since that moment, 500 years of nearly continuous European conflict has ended, while more than 50 years has passed without great power combat. Nuclear deterrence is obviously a major factor, and low-intensity warfare continues, But the interconnectedness caused by trade has been a leading reason the great powers have stopped shooting at one another. Global trade has increased 12-fold since World War II ended, partly because the average international tariff has fallen from 50% to 5%. Tariffs, once used to discourage international commerce, a deleterious purpose, are now merely used to raise money for governments. Big increases in trade caused most nations to stand to gain from a stable international system untainted by combat. And in the era of the biggest ever increases in trade, we observe a mainly stable international system untainted by great state combat. As the transition toward knowledge-based economics makes ideas more valuable than physical resources, the incentive for war to seize resources declines. In the past, nations invaded other nations to seize the value of land or resources. 
Today, it's more cost-effective to buy what you covet than to seize it, and so military spending and military adventurism are declining. Economists have long maintained that if only people stopped fighting one another and cooperated, prosperity would rise for all, while most nations would acquire incentives to get along rather than inflict harm. Because the new internationalized economic system has existed for only a few decades, we should be cautious about drawing conclusions. So far, however, the globalization of economics is guardedly positive for almost everyone.